0: Welcome to today's Church Central podcast. We're a family of churches across Birmingham. To find out more, head to churchcentral.org.uk. Hey, everyone. My name's Johnny, and I'm doing the second talk in our summer series called Who Are We?, uh, where we're looking at metaphors used in the Bible to describe God's people. And so if you're a Christian and you're listening to this talk, uh, hopefully, along with the others, it will help you know a bit more of who you are in Jesus uh, and you can revel in that. You can be encouraged by that. That'd be great. If you're not a Christian, you're listening. Uh, these metaphors may well apply to you in part. And I hope, hope you learn good things from them. But also, I guess they'll give you a bit of a glimpse into what it's like to follow Jesus and to be a follower of Jesus. Now, last week, Rich kicked off with two very famous images that Jesus used when he called his followers salt and light. And I'm picking up on another one today where he said to his followers in one way or another that they were yeast. Well, the image is found in two places in the New Testament, in uh, two ta- chapter 13s actually, in Luke 13 and Matthew 13. And I'm gonna read from Luke, uh, Luke's gospel, from Luke 13 uh, verses 20 to 21. This is what it says. Jesus also asked, what else is the kingdom of God like? It is like the yeast a woman used in making bread. Even though she put only a little yeast in three measures of flour, it permeated every part of the dough. So what does this mean? Well, I guess that's the point of today's talk. But before I tell you what I think, you know what, it's over to you. What does this image of yeast symbolize to you in the parable? If the kingdom of God is like yeast, what is it like? Go for it. I've got to be honest with you, I am no baker. Yes, it's true. You can ask my children. Uh, But I've done some extensive internet research and I think I've got uh, the general idea about this incredible single-celled fungus. You see, my research is paying off already, isn't it? Now, this is what it looks like. It looks like loads of tiny little pellets, doesn't it? Now, I'm sure yeast could be used for all sorts of things, but it is most known for its contribution to bread baking. Now, general idea is this, that you add it to your mixture as you're making the bread. And once you mix it all together, it works to convert sugar into carbon dioxide and alcohol, which makes the bread rise. Does some other things too. It adds flavor to the bread, and there's something to the gluten in the bread that I'm not 100% sure what it is. Uh, but as far as I'm aware, the main thing is the rising thing. Okay. It's interesting to see the context of this little story because it comes just after another story, uh, which is quite similar, where Jesus says the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. And this type is the mustard seed that grows into a huge tree. And I think when we put these two stories on top of each other, uh, I think we can start getting a flavor of what Jesus is on about here. Both mustard seeds and yeast are very small and look pretty insignificant on their own, but they both have a massively oversized effect. I think that's the cumulative effect of the the two parables. But there's a difference between the two as well. And it might look subtle, but I think it, it does make a difference, is that the tree image, mustard seed all the way up to tree, well, that speaks of growth and expansion. The yeast image speaks of something subtly different. I think the word we could use is influence. Now, Jesus' point is that the kingdom of God is incredibly influential and the people of the kingdom, us who follow Jesus, if they live out their kingdom lives, they will have an influence disproportionate to what they might expect, just considering their skills or personality or natural ability. So today, all I want to do is to riff off this image and point out five things that we need to be aware of when we think about Christian influence. Let's look at them then one at a time. The first one is this, everyone has an influence. In our modern society, being an influence seems to be a very, very desirable thing. Lots of people wanna wanna have that role. In fact, so much so that there is now an occupation, well, an occupation of sorts, uh, that is dedicated to this effect on the world. You can be an influencer. Wow, just soak that in. You can be an influencer. And uh, some of these influencers are so influential that they make millions and millions of pounds or dollars or whatever uh, from their influencing skills. But, you know, even the fact that uh, some people have this title, they are influencers, can alienate a lot of us from this topic of influence. I mean, some people are influencers. That's right. But and usually they uh, to, to be an influenced, you have to maybe look a certain way or I don't know, have a certain type of per- uh, personality or a certain skill set. And uh, right now you might be listening to this talk and thinking, well, a talk on influence. Well, it could be good for someone who's say an extrovert, or who earns a living of like six six figure salary, or have uh, is a super academic or something like that. But you may think, well, none of those things apply to me, and therefore this talk isn't for me. But if that's what you're thinking, I don't mean to be confrontational, but you are wrong because you see, it's not just the influencers or the bright and the beautiful who have influence. No, we all have influence. Every time that you open your mouth or you make a decision or you pursue an activity you have an influence that can be done with other people physically present it can be done on a computer or on a phone on a digital platform you might think yeah but what about the things i do on my own well you know what even those things influence you who are one day going to go out to other people and influencing them so unless you live your entire life in a sealed container where no one can see hear or touch you you know what you have an influence too the question is not really will we have an influence the question surely is this will our influence be good or will it be bad actually jesus's image of yeast underlines it you see the parable of the yeast found in matthew and luke's gospel uh these are not the only places in the bible that yeast is mentioned yeast is often uh, is mentioned actually quite a lot in scripture but these two passages in this particular story is unusual because these are some of the only examples of this image the image of yeast being talking about a positive influence you see, in the New Testament, yeast is usually mentioned as an example of a negative influence of how people can influence things negatively. I'll give you a, a number of examples of this, but I'll just give you one in 1 Corinthians chapter five, verse six. Paul writes, don't you realize that this sin is like a little yeast that spreads through the whole batch of dough? His point is simple. It's when we act in negative ways within a community, it can cause others to act in the same way and cause harm to other people. And actually, this is the usual way that yeast is talked about in the New Testament to to, uh, to point to people being a negative influence. Sadly, when we look around us, it would appear, at least in my opinion, uh, that the yeast metaphors balance in the Bible is fairly representative of the world we live in. It appears that more of us use our influence for bad than we do for good. But in this parable, Jesus points us somewhere different. He doesn't say it outright, but it is obvious that he's talking about a different type of influence, a positive influence. In fact, you could say that he's not just encouraging his followers to a different type of influence. He's actually assuring them that it is natural for a follower of Jesus, a person of the kingdom, to be like this, a positive influence in the world and a very powerful positive influence at that. But what does this kind of Christian influence look like then? Well, Christian influence is, first of all, not about our natural abilities. Whereas the social media influences we see on our feeds and Instagram and whatever, uh, they they use their looks or their charisma or their well work through business strategies uh, to influence people. That is not how Jesus' followers influence others for good, at least not how we're supposed to. We influence through a power that comes from outside of ourselves and outside of our natural abilities. Notice in the parable that, strictly speaking, it's not us that is the yeast, it's the kingdom of God. Now, I'm going to come back to this in a minute. But strictly speaking, it's not us that is the yeast, but the kingdom of God. And it's, it's vital to understand that this is where our power to be a positive influence comes from. It's from Jesus, the king. And we'll come back to what this might look like practically right at the end of this talk. But for the time being, I'd love uh, you all just to grasp this general point. Your capacity for positive influence in your family, among your friends, on your street, in your community, in the city, in the whole world even, does not come from your natural abilities. It comes from Jesus. You might think that you are incredibly unimpressive. You might see very little reason why people would want to listen to you or learn from you or follow your example. But please understand this. Christian influence, in a very real sense, isn't about you at all. It's about Jesus. I'm ask you this. If you can introduce Jesus into your family, to your friends, to your street, to your community, do you think that he'd have a positive influence? And if the answer to that question is yes, well, then you should be encouraged because you can allow him to have this influence through you because his very spirit lives inside you. So that's the second thing. Christian influence is not about unnatural abilities. Thirdly, though, Christian influence is about your presence. So, we recognize that we've seen that our influence comes from a power outside of ourselves, from God and not our own abilities. But we actually could push this too far. We could therefore conclude from what I've just said that actually we're pretty irrelevant in the whole influence thing. All we need to do is get the power of god in some way into the situation and so we could speak a message or maybe put on events or do projects we don't need to really be there we just need to deliver the 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 yeast into the uh into the setting in that sort of way um now let's be clear it is important for us (laughs) to get the message of the gospel the message of the kingdom as jesus has called it into situations and to other people Um, and often jesus uses this very picture when he's talking about his followers for example another very famous parable would depict jesus followers as sowers like a farmer sowing seed and the gospel is the seed and that that parable very clearly is is saying look you need to deliver distribute the message this message of the kingdom the gospel to other people and you do it as liberally as you possibly can to as many people uh, as you can But I think this image of yeast, I think this image is a different image to that one. The image of the yeast seems to be much more like the images Rich looked at uh, last week, the images of salt and also of light, because those images were more about being than doing or speaking. Just referring back to last week, uh, Jesus didn't say to his followers, uh, I'm giving you a salt shaker. Now shake it around as much as you can. He didn't say, uh, here's a torch, turn it on and shine it wherever you go. No, he said, you are salt and you are light. Well, as I've just said, technically speaking, it's the kingdom that is the yeast in this uh, parable. It's not us. Well, as people of the kingdom, we need to understand that in a very, very real sense. I think we bring the kingdom with us where we go, not just when we're telling people about the kingdom actually by simply being there, by being present. My understanding of the kingdom of God is that in our day and age, uh, before Jesus returns, the kingdom is most clearly seen in the church of Jesus Christ. And therefore, if we are Christians who are practicing our faith as as part of communities with an awareness of identity, uh, as part of the wider body of Christ, well then we actually are the clearest expressions of God's kingdom that anyone will see before Jesus returns. So actually, I don't think we should see ourselves as the woman in this uh, parable. Although, I mean, you could you could take that angle if you wanted to. I think primarily we are to be seen as the East. That That's that's a fair take on this parable. And just as an aside, if you'd like to more about the kingdom of God and what I've just said, because I know that not everyone hold that exact view, um, I'd direct you towards some talks that we did in our 2017 Church Central weekend away. And those can all be found on our website, particularly Jonathan's first talk is really helpful on that. there's a particular rabbit hole if you want to go down that one so back to yeast again (laughs) i think it's fair to see us then as i've said as an expression of the kingdom of god so therefore as the yeast in this parable and so therefore to exercise a good influence we probably should act like the yeast I, i guess that would be be fair wouldn't it well what do we have to do then uh, to, to get the yeast to have its proper influence. We can answer that question. We know what we can do to have a proper influence. Well, it's the detail, I think, in the parable that is particularly helpful here. And different translations say this bit in different ways. But look how the, the yeast is put into the dough in the parable. Some, some uh, translations say the yeast is mixed into the dough. They use that phrase. Other translations say the yeast is worked into the dough. Other translations use a different way. They say the yeast is hidden in the dough. And that's certainly the sense of the original uh, Greek word that's used. Mixed into, worked into, hidden. Those are wonderfully rich words that all communicate the same thing, that the yeast is thoroughly inside the dough. It is clearly present. It's not around the edges here and there. No, it's right in the middle in the heart of the dough and that's uh, where it will thoroughly influence And the same is surely true of us too if we want to be a positive influence for Jesus in the world around us we need to be thoroughly present in that world we don't need to just say some things or even do some things we need to be present we need to spend time there we need to invest energy in those places and with those people So much of the time, Christians worry about whether they'll have the right words to say or whether they'll be able to make the right choices in a difficult situation. And Look, please don't mishear me. It's, of course, very important to make good and godly choices and to speak up, especially when someone asks us to explain our our hope as a believer. But Actually, when we consider this image of yeast, those things are surely secondary concerns. Your first concern as yeast is simply to show up. I say simply, it's it's actually not very simple at all, really, as this involves our priorities. It involves our diaries. It involves our deliberate decisions about what we say no to, and what we say yes to. It's actually really hard to to choose to be present in the places where we're called to be yeast. And where are those places? Well, it could be different for different ones of you. But I guess the catch all would be this. They're all going to be outside of the church community. So do you want to be a positive influence in your street? You need to be present in your street, not just posting some flyers or knocking on some doors, although those things can have some value. But no, you, you need to be involved in people's lives. You need to let people into your lives. There needs to be hospitality involved in that. Do you want to be a positive influence in your workplace? Well, you need to be present in your workplace there, not just work in the same offices and people, but to move from being work colleagues with people to being actual friends. You want to be a positive influence in your community. We need to be present in your community you see the theme that's developing here this isn't just about doing good in your community it's about coming alongside others in your community maybe to do good together so often you know our desire to do good for our communities we think as christian i think as christians we think that we have to do something for the community or to the community And often, of course, those things are, again, appropriate and good. But I tell you what, I think that a much more faithful application of this parable is to actually not think like that at all, but to think about doing things with our community, working with other people who aren't Christians, maybe even supporting their things rather than starting up our own competing projects. As we do so, what happens? Well, we're worked into the dough. And we then allow Jesus to work through us as he reveals what he's done in our lives for others to see as we become living, breathing, three dimensional versions of the gospel, living that out in front of people. So is that it then? Are we done? Is that all we have to do? We just have to be there. We just have to be present. Could we add any more to that? If we want to be the yeast, yeast of yeast as we spend time in these places with these people, how should we live while we're present there? I think there's one extra thing we can say because if the kingdom of God is like yeast, then to be like yeast ourselves, we've got to be like the King. Makes sense, uh, I guess, doesn't it? And the King modelled this perfectly, and he showed us this shocking but vital fact. And it's the last point: is that Christian influence is about dying. Jesus hailed from a despised village, an absolute backwater place called Nazareth, and he was seen as a bit of a country bumpkin to many of the the elites of his day. He didn't have any money. He didn't have any property. Uh, According to Isaiah, he wasn't even much to look at. And of course, he ended his life with most considering him as kind of a, a worthless criminal. He is pretty much the opposite of an Instagram influencer. But consider his influence. Jesus has influenced more people than any other individual in the history of the world. And that's just not A Christian fact, me as a Christian saying, I'd say that because I follow Jesus. Now, that's a fact fact. That's just that's just a thing. Jesus influenced more people than anyone else. I mean, he literally reset the clocks. So now all these years later, large portion of the world would see uh, history split into the time before Jesus and after Jesus many of our legal systems even in the secular west would still be built upon some of his teachings and for many more our very moral framework would be shaped by the way that jesus taught and of course there's a, the, the couple of billion people as well it's not a small thing is it who would say they want to live their lives by the very teachings of, of this jesus so how did he have that sort of influence well he did it by dying so that others could live that's how jesus influenced others influenced the world now listen you, you'll probably be glad at this point to hear that it could look a little bit different for us the different ones of us we don't all need to be crucified in this sense um but everyone who follows jesus the king actually faithfully will have to die in a very real sense in some way we'll have to die to what's comfortable we we'll have to die to what's easy we we'll have to die to our own desires and prior, prioritize and serve others around us in that dying now this might sound to you like a incredibly heavy way to end this talk but actually this is true of every aspect of our lives as christians it doesn't in a sense make it any easier but just just to be really clear on this self-sacrificial love dying to ourselves to serve others well that's what we're supposed to practice as christians everywhere we go with everyone we meet in every situation that's what it means actually to be a a jesus follower we we obviously don't always get it right um and when we mess it up we, we go back and we ask for jesus forgiveness and he gives us his his grace but what do we do then well then we go back to dying to ourselves so that we can serve other people actually if we ever stop living like that in a very real sense we've stopped following jesus uh, altogether. so basically then to be yeast in the world we need to recognize that firstly we all have an influence Also, that influence isn't meant to come from our natural abilities, but from Jesus working in us and through us. And we also need to recognize that to exercise this influence, we just need to live normal, regular, everyday, self-denying, other-serving Christian lives while present in the midst of these communities outside the church. Jesus' parable that we looked at today tells us that as we do so, we will have a wonderful influence. I just want to leave you with this little nugget right at the end of the verse I read before. I wonder if you missed this. How much of an influence will we have if we do all this? Well, this is what it says, that the yeast will permeate every part of the dough. Wow, the yeast will permeate every part of the dough. What would it look like to apply that image permeating every part of the dough to your setting? Let's go out and be yeast in some places that need to rise then. And I guess we'll all see, won't we?